now listening to the Seventh Rounders. Back, ladies and gentlemen. The boys are here. We're just gonna vibe tonight. Uh, talk about anything that's on our minds. We're gonna let it all out. A little stress relief. Um, I'm gonna start with. John and I came on here, this probably was now about three weeks ago, one of our seventh rounders after dark, and we were in tears with our horse racing bets and folks didn't get any better this weekend. No, sir. Uh, John, I believe we were both on Ness. She was close, but not close enough. I was on um, Barber Road and We the People. I mean, they stunk. Barber Road was the 10, was... Well, so we, we got on here last week, and I uh, read an article from USA Today that said that Rayleigh was a Barbaro jockey. That was not the case. Joel, Joel Rosario was, but Rosario is like one of the best ever. Most graded stakes wins, and that horse finished second to last. And we, the people, finished like third to last, I want to say. Like, it was terrible. We had no fun out there. Another one of those is just like you get there to the final turn, you got nothing to root for. Uh, and you're just embarrassed because you're just screaming to the hilltops about Barber Road after, you know, several, several cold snacks by the pool. A lot of sun that day, that Saturday, 645 race, you know, and you just stink it up. Uh, it's just, it's just such a waste, dude. Um, literally 45 seconds of glory. The first half of the race, everything's in front of you. You're not looking at the scoreboard. You're just yelling. And then yeah. you settle in on the scoreboard. You don't see your horse in the top four, then the top five. Then you see a couple back there, and it's like the worst starts to set in. No chance. Then you don't even have anything to root for. Yeah. And I mean, it was terrible. You, who won, Chad? Do you know the name of it? Uh, it was uh, Medellin. Or, uh, God damn it. I'm watching Entourage again. <laughs> um uh, what's the name of the horse that won? You couldn't say it last time, last week, so I wanted you to try it again. Oh, M- Modenagle. There you go. Modonagle. It is. Connor had it right last week. Oh, man. Well, Triple Crown season's over, so no more opportunities to lose again there until 2023. We will have the Breeders' Cup here. What is that? That's in... Yeah, Saratoga. Yeah, we got Travers. Travers at Saratoga. We'll do picks for the Travers. That's right. So Saratoga. So the date. So the Breeders' Cup is November fourth. So we we got some plenty of time. I know Saratoga's before that, and you know some bad podcasting here. And, 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 and cramp as I'm googling August twenty seventh. So what we got some time. Name your horse that you're entering into the Kentucky Derby. If I had one, yeah. What would you name it? Oh my, we might have to revisit uh, that I question. I would name it. And fo- funny you ask this, Connor, because we were talking about uh, at the bars, you know, last weekend call signs for those of you that um, saw the new Top Gun. All the pilots have call signs. What would your call sign be? My call sign would be the same name as my horse I enter into the Kentucky Derby, and that would be Sunscreen. I don't hate it. Mine would be, uh, I'm going with Afternoon Delight. Oh, I don't hate it. 
Both of those are good. Can you come back to me later? Yeah. I don't want to give a bad I, one. I you have until the end of the episode. You know it's what? It's going to come to me. It's, it's your band. Okay, fair. I was going to make it your mandatory last call, but if it comes to you, it comes to you. All right, you'll think I'm just going to blurt it out if it comes sooner. All right. And with that, I want to move to from horses to golf. It's chaos right now on the golf front. I mean, people are mad. People are happy. Rory goes out there and shoots a 62 to win the RBC. A final pairing of Rory, uh, JT, and Finau. Star-studded. It was phenomenal. No one shot worse than 64, I believe, in that final pairing. Um, and then Rory... Justin Rose shot a 60. What? Justin Rose shot a 60 at that final yeah. round. And Rory just took that opportunity with the win to just go after the LIV tour, the live tour. I don't know what it is. And Greg Norman, the comment, you know, win 21 was special. It's one more than someone else. That someone else is Greg Norman. Um, I love it. I love the banter. I love the shit talking. I mean... These are the guys that we need shit talking, you know, the Justin Thomases of the world, the, you know, the Rory's, the, you know, like the Spees. We need the faces of golf, the new age faces of golf to just go after them, just talk their shit, get it on. Yeah. It was good to see the Cana the Canadians came out, man. They they were out there. They they were rowdy. It almost looked like a light version of the Phoenix Open. They were so rowdy. Um not quite to that extent, you know, not not getting shit thrown on the course, but um, they were out there and they were having a good time. It was nice to see the crowds. They looked like some of them were like almost on like the fringe of the green there on the last uh, for the last putts on 18. So good for the PGA that they produced that, but hopefully it continues. Hopefully they keep having the strong fields like that. I feel like they kind of went all in, Chad and Connor, on uh, the strength of the field. That's probably stronger than the normal, you know, regular PGA event. Given the moment, yeah, I, I, um, I think it was definitely a stronger field and definitely a better tournament. I mean, I saw some stat that viewership for the again, I don't know if it's LIV or Live either, whatever the other two were. Uh, it was like ninety four thousand is where it peaked on the, the the first round, and by the last round, it was down to like. 40,000 or something like that. Um, so I think it's going to struggle to uh, keep viewers entertained. Well, um, you got guys out there. And so you got guys out there shooting plus 24 in three days. I mean, what's the quality of the product? There's like, there really is, a, it's really weak. I mean, we'll see who else goes out there and what they throw at people. One no. thing I want to resist a little bit and i'm all on i don't like the live tour you know i'm all i'm a pga tour guy but with regards to the quality of the golf i don't know if that is necessarily fair yet i know you saw right. guys out there shooting plus 24 plus 25 but remember something the live tour there's only three rounds and no one gets cut so think, think about if the masters didn't have people caught i mean there were guys plus 16 that got caught that probably would have been plus 35 before it was over 
So that's why I think it's a little hard to, you know, compare that because there's right. no, but right. I, the shitty way they do it. I, I just, you've golfer hundreds of years has been, you have your field and guys are cut after the second day and you play four rounds. So uh, I don't like the setup, the format of the live tour personally. Yeah. I'm interested to see but, mostly what, what the crowd per- reception is for, if there's any difference with the like Dustin Johnson's and whatever else. What Connor? What was that? Is it a team title? Is it an individual title? I still don't understand how that stuff works. I have no idea. I've, I've, I I didn't I didn't well, I actually didn't end up watching any of it, so I, I don't really know. Here's what they should have done. And folks, you guys can take this right now because I'm putting it together in my head, and I think I have a multiple million, if not billion dollar golf league proposal in my head and that would be commit to a Ryder cup style format league what the lift tour should have done is have your entrance you know if it's 40 guys that are gonna you know be available sign on to play 40 you have two captains i don't know how you pick them but you do it and you draft Ryder cup style teams and you know, the live season is what, like 15 events? You have two teams for those. Not even, like eight or nine. It, yeah, even less, eight or nine. Two teams for those 15 events. You can make trades like in any other sporting event, team event. And, you know, you go to these different courses and the format can be, you know, change week to week. But it's it's completely a team format. And, you know, you make money if your team wins. I think that would be cool. I think. So it's only two teams in your concept. Yeah. yeah. I think I'd want more teams. I think you'd want like four. I think or that the PGA six. just isn't broke and doesn't need fix. And I just, I don't know. <laughs> I like how they run it. They could do better job though with marketing and visibility, you know having better quality every week. What? I hate to shout him out, but I think Portnoy is the one that pointed out that fucking speech from Jay Monahan on the broadcast. Save me all that moral high ground bullshit that, like, he's acting like the PJ Tour is like yeah. the defender of democracy or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Granted, so it's also know, crazy. The, I mean, they don't have the same, uh, you know, the same. Uh, history as the Saudi Arabians, obviously. Um, but don't sit up there and act like it's not about money either. You know? Yeah. Well, and then the more you think about it, it's like everyone's kind of get- – everyone's partnered with Saudi Arabia. You know, everyone really is. Everyone's in the same boat. It's just these golfers are in the spotlight for it, and they're the moral standard for this now. So, John, I have a question for you. You, you mentioned it a second ago. You said that – you thought the PGA Tour could do a better job marketing. It's, you know, the sport, it's brand, which I agree with. What would you, like, what do you think would help the marketing of the PGA? Like, the locations of the tournaments, the actual marketing itself and commercials and things of that nature? Um, yeah, I mean, like, I think that whoever, like, I I don't ever, to my I don't see commercials for upcoming PGA events in the commercials for um, just sport, like just games, like a, a NBA finals game. 
Other I, than other than the majors and really the masters, they pump the masters for months. And the Open gets some commercials. The U.S. Open, the PGA, I feel like maybe not not as much, maybe the week leading up. But, I mean, yeah, invest in some commercials, some advertisement um, opportunities uh, just during, like, the NBA final, just during other sports because that's your target audience. Um, I didn't even know this tournament was in Boston until yesterday. And, adverti- like, I mean, it's just there's nothing. There's nothing. Like, do more interviews. I don't know. Try to get spots on shows. Try to throw some, I don't know, people on your talk sports talk shows. I, like, just get more involved. They're just not as involved. Do you think the matches that are done through TNT, the match, do you think that's helped? I don't know. I mean, at this point, it's not even golfers anymore. It's fucking four quarterbacks, you know? And it's, it's and, and the last one is like 6 o'clock on a Tuesday. I, I, I couldn't have cared less, honestly. I, 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 and I say that, and I talked about it a lot that day because I was like, what the fuck is this? And then when it actually came on, I didn't watch any of it because I just didn't – I wasn't bought into it, so – yeah, I think bottom line is it's the Tiger effect. Until Tiger retires, I just, I think people are so caught up when he's playing and then so indifferent when he's not playing that I think until he retires and you're able to find some sort of mid-ground and, you know, you could actually commit to maybe marketing a new face of the game. You know, I don't think much is going to change until that happens. Like, I don't really think Tiger's much of the problem. I just don't think there's any expo- – they're just not putting themselves out there for more exposure when they could be. That's true. Now, but, with that being said, they're about to drop the first season of that show that is – That's great. That is supposed to be like uh, – Drive to Survive. Drive to and that's awesome. Like, that's going to be great. So that, that should definitely help because Drive to Survive accelerated the hell out of Formula One's growth. So if you couple the Live Tour, all the publicity, PGA is – like, this is their moment because now they're getting talked about so much. Like, this is the most advertisement the PJ's had is the Live Tour starting. So maybe it's going to be a blessing for them if everyone does not jump fifth and go. Apparently the show was filming during, like, when all the backroom stuff was happening for this tour. That's exciting. Like, so this like, is gonna be when, great. You know, like when yeah. there was months ago, like it was rumored that Phil was gonna leave and Bryson, yeah. and then it was like Bryson came out with that letter, like, "Oh, I'm committed," and then he wasn't yeah. actually committed. Surprise, surprise. Yeah, uh, yeah. No, be good. That, yeah, that'll be great for them. It's just now, so you have that. You got to then capture the momentum. Like once that show comes out, I, like don't stop. Like once you have it, go pedal to the ground. Like they need to really pump. Um, their marketing and advertising as soon as that show comes out, in my opinion. I mean, Formula One was all over the place. And my like ESPN and Formula One, I don't know what their what their agreement is. Obviously they air the races, but they're also advertising them. I see more Formula One advertising ESPN than PGA. Um so just stuff like that. For you not know? major events, could you not do like a Formula One style season where you like go to these different major cities and like you have Formula One. I feel like a lot of its success stems from the fact that they have an event outside of the event wherever they go. You know what I'm saying? Like the pretty race stuff. Like a lot of people go to Formula One. They have no interest in actually watching the race. But there's like you know there's music shows and there's the the allure of the, the allure of the moment. Yes, right. And then just. Uh, 
by just getting these rich and famous people there, you naturally get more buzz around the event itself. Perfect example um, of that. Connor, I completely agree. NASCAR. Their opening race this year was at the L.A. Coliseum. They had Ice Cube come and perform. They had shit for days before that. That was the most watched race of the year, and it wasn't even a point. It wasn't even a real race, yeah. Yeah, so. exactly. Um, I mean, you can't – I mean, as much as I like Formula One, you can't tell me that most – the majority of the people there are, like, super thrilled to watch the cars, like, buzz – just zip around the entire I'd time. probably be one of the few people that would get turned on by that. Well, I mean, you got to think of Formula One, too. The track you, – you don't really – you see the cars – for such a small percentage of the actual race, no matter where you're at, because the tracks are so large. So you're really just there to say you were there. Um, like, I mean, most of the crowd's not even able to see the start finish. So just see it on the video. Which makes board. it even, even that much more impressive that you get people there. You know what yeah. I mean? You got to capture the moment. It's all about marketing. We live in a world of content, you know? Moving to another poorly marketed sport, the MLB. Uh, MLB does nothing right. They really don't. Listen, we got to talk about it. I've been thinking about it for a few hours here. Guys now hit, what is he, five or seven over the last 24 hours, four home runs. I think nine or ten RBIs. Yeah, yeah. He's hitting, what, 360 on the season now? Uh, I'll tell you what, at least... He's actually six for eight now. He just got another hit. <laughs> he, um, I, I'm going to pull up the odds now, but I have to imagine he is the clear favorite for MVP at the moment. Folks, we're talking about Paul Goldschmidt, if you hadn't realized yet. But, like, yeah, I mean, this is a moment you got a, a superstar just lighting it up. Push it. Push it out. Push it out. Let the people know about it. Like, Aaron Judge. I didn't know for the longest time that he had, like, 25 home runs already. Right? And I'm following the sport. I just don't, like, they push, like, they just don't push it out. I don't know. Maybe I'm missing it. So, because the MLB is, like, never on TV. How often is the MLB on TV, you know? You get Sunday Night Baseball on ESPN. Yeah. And then you get the Wednesday or Thursday Fox game. At night, and then Saturday afternoon, four o'clock is another Fox game. But it means just you can count on like one hand the number of fucking nationally televised games there are in any given week. It's so bad. Name so- name a worse time to put something on national TV than Saturday at four p.m. Yeah, I mean, are you kidding me? And like, dude, the, I mean, when. Baseball is about to be the only sport going for several months before before like we get to August and football's in, and then no one cares anymore. Um, other than us who have fantasy baseball playoffs to deal with at that point of the year, but like they just don't. Not until the playoffs do the baseball does MLB do a good job marketing. You got 162 games, you're just gonna waste all that time. I don't know. And then you look at some of these stadiums. Poor P- PNC Park is beautiful, and they get like it looks like 7,000 people mid-season home games like it's just so poor because the product's so bad um that's part of the issue i think i mean we could get going on the salary cap and how it's just completely not a level set field whatsoever um so half the league you know what the pirates can do 
solid team, I hope. I mean, shit. Well, no. I'm saying, you know, you mentioned they have 7,000 fans in the stadium for these games, which is right. I mean, give away tickets for free. Give 300 tickets to different high schools in the area. You know, let students come in on a Friday at 4 o'clock to watch a baseball game. I know they would love that. And it's I mean, not like, they like, should do that, and it should be, but it should be revenue. Like, there should be, there needs to be more, like, I don't know, maybe they're doing this. I don't know. Revenue sharing. Like, can the Dodgers help fund the fucking, like, Pirates paying for, like, I don't know. It's ridiculous. It's just a lot. Probably not. So, but. Let me run through quickly. I have the updated. Well, they're not, a, they're yep. not official odds. Maybe Connor can find it. But how about I read you official odds? All right. How about that? Okay. Start. Are you starting with AL or NL? We'll start in the AL right now. Aaron Judge, heavy favorite to win the MVP at plus 110. Shohei Otani, plus 250. Mike Trout, plus 500. Jose Ramirez, plus 900. Rafael Devers, plus 1,200. Jordan Alvarez, plus 2,000. Vlad Guerrero Jr., plus 2,500. And Byron Buxton, plus 2,500. Followed by Luis Robert, our Robert, plus 4,000, and Wander Franco at plus 5,000. I like Jordan Alvarez at plus 2,000 still. Uh, I think the Astros are a great team this year. His underlying hitting metrics are absurd so far. Um, I, I just, I don't know. I don't expect Aaron Judge to keep this pace the whole season. But I do think he has a very, very, very firm lead on the race with how good the Yankees have been so far. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm, I'm definitely not going to bet against Judge, but I'm not touching plus 110. Fuck that. I think he yeah. wins it. I mean. I agree with John. The odds are terrible. I would guess my one injury, pick- One injury and your plus 110 is shot. Why would you ever touch that? Yeah. yeah. I would roll my guy, my team member now in the last three years, Jose Ramirez. I just think he's the best hitter in baseball. Um, but he's small market. He ain't going to win it. The Cy Young, interesting. Shane McClanahan, the favorite at plus 350. I can't believe Justin, yeah. <laughs> can't believe Justin Verlander is still alive and kicking and throwing as well. He's plus 400. Alex Manoa and Kevin Gosman are plus 650 and then well, plus 1,000. I guess that means uh, Gosman's still pitching well. <laughs> yeah, still pitching extremely well. Uh, Nestor Cortez plus 1,000. Garrett Cole plus 1,200. Bieber and then John's guy Tariq Skubal, both at plus 2,000. I was going to ask where he was. Yeah, Dylan Cease at plus 2,500. It's crazy. Otani's at plus four thousand. Guys, a freaking hitter too. Crazy. Crazy. I haven't even really kept up with him, but I know he's uh, he's been hitting well lately. What's the NL? Are we gonna? The do we, yeah. What's the NL? Uh, John's guy, real quick in the AL. Julio Rodriguez plus one twenty five to win AL Rookie of the Year favorite. Uh, National League Cy Young, my guy Sandy Alcantara, plus 350. He's the current favorite, followed by Joe Musgrove at plus 450. Corbin Burns at plus 500. Zach Wheeler at plus 1,200. Max Fried at plus 1,400, along with Pablo Lopez. And then Aaron Nola. And look at Carlos Rodon pitching well. They're both at plus 2,000. Oh, whoa! Nola's plus 2,000? 
That's worth that. Zach is so Gallen much. Plus three thousand. Who is? Is three thousand? Zach Gallen. Dude, there's a there's a ton of value on Nola at plus two thousand right now. That's insane. I'm actually gonna take. Can I take that right now? Uh, if you could find it. That's a lot of value. Sandy, I love. Sandy, I have an issue. I'm obsessed with Sandy Alcantara. But I'm also who I think is, I mean, I think Sandy's probably the second or third best pitcher in baseball. But I think the first is Corbin Burns. I've never seen stuff like what he throws. And he's coming off the NL Cy Young last year. So I bet there's some momentum there. He continues to produce. Like, I think he'll be there in the end. So, plus 500, I don't think it's terrible odds there. Give me Noah. Uh, then NL MVP, Paul Goldschmidt, surprisingly not the favorite, although right there. Mookie Betts is plus 290. Goldschmidt, plus 300. Manny Machado, plus 400. Pete Alonso, plus 850. Bryce Harper plus nine hundred, Acuna plus fourteen hundred, followed by Freddie Freeman at plus twenty five hundred, and then Juan Soto and Francisco Lindor at plus three thousand. The NL super, the the NL superstars are hitting the ball this year, boys. I mean, it's some of there's some. Bryce Harper is having an unbelievable season again, and he's what he's like your sixth name you listed, which is crazy. Like his numbers are nuts. Yeah, I went to a Mets game like two weeks ago, and Pete Alonso had 44 RBIs. I was <laughs> like, what the hell? Uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, we're getting there. We're almost we're almost in the months where, you know, yep. you're just watching baseball game after baseball game. Yeah, so for all the uh, marketing folks out there with uh, PGA and MLB, you give us a call. You slide in the DMs. We'll help you out. We have some ideas. Um Clearly, because we talked about these two before, the two uh, championship series going on, the NBA and the NHL, I figure this could be a break opportunity. So we're going to kick it over to AJ. And we're back. Thank you, AJ. Um, The NBA Finals. We are on to game six. The Warriors are up 3-2, folks. I've said it so many times. I get tired of you know, telling you guys, you know, from from the beginning, guys, this was free money. It was always the Warriors. It's the Warriors. It's as simple as that. Listen, Boston could go and win game six. You know, they could, but it doesn't. They, they're not winning two games in a row against Golden State. Curry's too good. Clay's too good. Coach Kerr, just too good. Jordan Poole off the bench, too good. I mean, it's just all around. They're just too good. And they, they, they don't even have their second overall pick from last year. I mean, folks, please, I just voice crack. Just, just place the bet next time. All right? Football season, you know, you can fade me every goddamn time. But it, when it comes to the NBA NHL playoffs, don't fade me. Don't do it. You you done, dude? Yeah. Uh, so yeah, unlike you, I think the series definitely not over yet. Considering that Boston did win Game Six and Seven against Milwaukee to win the series. Uh, what does concern me, if I'm a Celtics fan, is 
Steph Curry was basically a non-factor last night in game five, and they still won by pretty convincingly by the end of it. Uh, Jason Tatum set the all-time record for turnovers in the playoffs. Uh, He did shoot the ball well last game, but Jalen Brown was terrible. So, so far this series, either Jalen Brown's been playing well and Jason Tatum's been shooting awful or vice versa. And if you want to look at the bright side as a Celtics fan, you have to think that they haven't played their best offensive game yet in the finals. So there's some hope there, but I think that the Warriors will go into Boston and I think they win in Boston, win the series 4-2, get them their fourth ring under Steve Kerr. And yeah, Steph Curry's probably a top 10 player of all time. Uh, if he wins this title and wins the finals MVP. So something exciting for him. Is, uh, Scott, and the draft. Too, real so. quick, is, is, is Scott Foster officiating game six? I don't, I don't think they've announced ref assignments yet. Um, if he's a, brothers if Scott, folks, I can promise you if Scott Foster is wearing the, uh, the, the gray crew neck uh this one's going seven like the extender as they call them folks the marlins on the bat of jazz chisel have just tied the game late here powers needs them in the parlay we thought they were dead unbelievable turn of events here as they've tied it up um yeah scott foster that guy some i usually just try to avoid betting on games that he's involved with because there's some weird stuff going on with him same with Tony Brothers, just questionable stuff. But what a turn of event here for the Marlins. Uh, top seven, they were they were trailing eight to four heading into the inning, I believe. Just incredible. Uh, you gotta love the fish. The Marlins are a weird team. Like people at my comp at, at Action Network are literally fascinated with betting the Marlins. Like just obsessed with it. Um, but NBA Finals, I don't really have too much else to say. Uh, it's been a really long season for me, so I'm like honestly kind of, I'm, I'm getting to the point where I'm just I'm looking forward to it being yeah. over. And the, oh, yeah. the finals, the storylines get very competitive, uh, repetitive, I should say. You know, it's only so many players you can talk about. It's repetitive, and and they they, they do it on purpose. They put these they three days between games or whatever, dude. It's just end it. Let's go. Let's get going. Um, yeah, I you know. I have no thoughts about the NBA. This is not my strength. And Chad, anything you got? Hockey. Hockey, yes. The uh, the Stanley Cup final starts tomorrow. It's going to be a hell of a series. Two best teams in the league matched up here. Colorado Avalanche, Tampa Bay Lightning. Who's at home first, Chad? Who's home Who's home ice? I have no idea. The Avs? Yeah. How is that determined in the NHL? Is it number of points? Or is there something oh, like that's a good question. I, I just assumed it was the, the, the team with the better regular season record, but you might be right. Colorado is home. They're at home. <laughs> so we gotta figure out why. They did have more points in the regular season. I know that's that probably why. All right. Well the listeners out there, please tweet at us if we are wrong and it is not a points based 
reward. Um, thank you. Who do we like? Uh, any strong opinions going in? Chad, I think we know yours, unless you want to flip-flop. No. I told the folks from the beginning, for those that rode with me, you know, you know what to do here. You think it's time for the Tampa Bay's lightning? Yeah, it's repeat season. They're three feet in that that bowl. They're three feet in it. So, folks, uh, just to let you know, the Tampa Bay Lightning here on the series are uh, plus. Tell me if you're seeing. I believe I see one fifty-five right now. I think that that is free money plus one fifty-five. For the Tampa Bay Lightning, the three-peat, this team is like 250 games of playoff experience on the roster. Vasilevsky is in a completely different universe than the Avalanche two goaltender situation. Is Darcy Kemper even healthy? The fact that it's plus 155, Tampa Bay does not care if they have to go out on the road. Chad, I'm with you here. Um, Connor's shaking his head, so I think he's not here with us. I could not love the Tampa Bay Lightning more in this series. Just there's they're they're gonna three peat. I think the Avalanche, I said it before game seven, Rangers and um Lightning, that whoever won, I thought the Avalanche were gonna be. I just think that they are so much better than any other NHL team this season. They've been knocking on the door for I feel like at least two to three seasons now. I think they get their first cup with McKinnon and the crew. So I'll take the avalanche. And I honestly think, I think the abs win in five. Wow. That's aggressive. I, you should, if you actually think that you should bet that, cause the odds are probably crazy for that. Um, I think the difference is the goal is simply put, it's going to be the goaltending. Um, I, I thought about it because I really thought about it right before this, and it's just like there's no way around it, the the advantage that the Lightning have. That on top of just 200-some games of, of cup experience, or, yeah, of, of playoff experience, cup experience, I don't know which one it is. Um, that's a lot. I think, I'm pretty sure it's cup experience. I, I believe it's Stanley Cup final experience. They have 250-some games combined the yeah, roster i think it's got to be just that's probably the playoffs total i i mean that sense you know that's like 20 times like like you could play like close to 30 games a year we'll get like some stat, statisticians on it um they've been in the finals a fuck ton though like they've you know you you i think that the avalanche were the team to beat and I think the only matchup where they weren't the team to beat is the Tampa Bay Lightning. If they played the Rangers, if they played anyone else, I feel great about the Avalanche in the matchup. I just think they're they they didn't need this. They want to run into this. Tampa Bay's a big problem. Right now they're a big problem. I mean they they light it up in the postseason. You've seen it. You've seen it again. It's hard to it's hard to bet against that. And it's crazy they're plus one fifty five. I just think that's outlandish. That's a lot of respect for the Avalanche, though. That's a ton of respect for them. 
And, you know, you're, I'm interested to see, you know, McKinnon and McCarr, this is their first time in the in the cup finals. Obviously, Landeskog, they got a lot of guys, you know. How are they going to play? They're a young, younger team. It's going to be exciting. It should be really fun hockey. Hope, hoping it is. Hopefully, I'm, I would love a six or seven game series. Um, but we'll be on the, uh, on the Tampa Bay. All right. I, as, someone that likes the, as someone that likes the avalanche, the one thing that does concern me is I think Vasilevsky is so much better than whoever the Avs end up skating out it's, there. Like you said, I don't even know. Kemper's, I mean, banged up. The starter's going to play really any of the games against yeah. the Oilers, and then Fran Koo or whatever his name is, he's just not very good. I, I don't know. I'd be pretty worried about that for sure. <laughs> but we'll see. I'm hoping for some good hockey. They're also, I mean, Tampa Bay's a lot different than the Oilers. The Oilers were McDavid, and they were just so hurt. Um, Avalanche better come ready for for that. The Avalanche swept, right? Remember we were talking about this, how uh, it's, they're not, Tampa Bay's going to win game one. Like, that's, I think, a fact. So I think, I think if you think they're going to win the series, you better bet it before and probably bet game one. Uh, the layoffs have tended to hurt some of these teams in the playoffs for, for NHL. And they we'll see, dude. We'll see. Also, speaking of the Oilers, you see the video of Connor McDavid just hammered as hell on the streets uh, with some girl that's not. I think he's married or engaged or something. It wasn't that person. So, Connor McDavid. Tough. Tough scene. Speaking of tough scenes, we're about well, to have a tough scene. get swept by the abs. But sorry, yeah. go ahead. I just ruined a potentially good transition there for you. Yeah. So, that's on me. We might have a tough scene right here if John has not come up with his call sign and the name of his entrant into okay. the Kentucky It's not my call sign. There's no way it's my no, call yeah. sign. It's He's the only one me. that wants to be called sunscreen and also call a horse sunscreen. Weird. Yeah. No, this is just my horse name because people see this. They're, they got it. I feel like they're going to take it, dude. The horse's name is how you doing? <laughs> how would you spell that? Is it just H-O-W-Y-A-D-O-I-N apostrophe? No, not even an apostrophe, just how you doing. H-O-W, all one word, too. All one word, because that's what you, it's got to be all one word for the horse name. So capital H-O-W-Y-A-D-O-I-N. How you doing? That's the horse's name. All I'm right. All nice. I'm all I would have forgot, honestly. No, I thought I thought of it like ten minutes ago, but we were talking about it was like when we started the uh, second half, so I wanted to wait. I'm, I'm I'm sending it to you guys so you can see it in writing. It makes it look so much better. Wow. I'm picturing like it's like almost like Houdini, but it's how you doing? I I didn't even think of that, but that makes me like it even more. Yeah. Yeah. But no, actually, a one a one life goal is is certainly to get a racehorse. So that's uh, we're gonna make that happen later on, many years down the road. Oh, yeah. All right. Um, Any last calls? I mean, you know, U.S. Opens this week. We haven't really even talked about that, Chad. Do we want to talk about the U.S. Open? Uh, I was going to say your golf swing's coming around. It's developing nicely. It is, dude. We're uh, the new goal is to break 80 now by the end of the year. We We had an 87 on Friday. We played really well here the other day. Got to clean up the wedges. Got to clean up some things, and I think we're—I uh, think we we found something last night there, Chad. So excited to see uh, 
excited to see next time we're out there. Um, I'm pulling up the odds for the U.S. Open quickly. I don't know how we forgot about this. Uh, I'll give you guys a couple of plays. Listen, I'm, I'm going to be rooting for where'd you get your diploma. Just a given. <laughs> you must. <laughs> you must. Uh, Rory's the favorite at 10 to 1. I was all over him in the PGA. I'm f- not, I think he'll do well, but uh, I'm fading him in terms of he's the favorite. Don't love those odds. Um, couple guys I want to call out. First being Kepka at 30 to 1. Kepka's in his last three U.S. Opens, there's only been two players that have shot better than him in any of the rounds. Um, so, or finished better than him, I should say. He won, you know, in 19 and 20 and then finished third last year. Uh, so at 30 to 1, I just think it'll be there. I think there's good odds. Um, one of John's guys, Colin Morikawa, uh, modeling a swing after, actually, for the folks at home. I think 22-1, again, solid odds. Um, and then my winner this week is going to be Victor Hovland. Wow. Not been great, but I, I just think he wins this week. He joins the likes of Morikawa and John Rahm as the face of golf. Wow. Say who again did you just pick? I already forget. I was I wasn't paying attention. That's not great of you. I said Victor Hovland's my winner. There's nothing more fun than messing with Chad when he's all fired up. Um I, I like Hovland. Uh he's always he's had the issue he's got to clean up, I think, around the green. I believe that's been his prominent problem, Chad. Has that been better this year? Say that again. He's always his his problem why he hasn't been able to win the big one yet is he's got to clean it up in on and around the green. Yeah, which is a little problematic this week. The greens are frighteningly fast, but he'll figure it out. Yeah. I mean, that's I love Zalatoris, but like he can't putt. Like I don't have much confidence in him putting in the big moment. Um I know Morikawa has his, he's had his own issues putting the putting the ball this year too. Um, I'm going to take Morikawa because I just think he's too damn good. I I, I just think he, at the value he's at with anything higher than two thousand for him, I'll, I'm willing to put at least ten ten bucks on it. You know, nothing crazy. Ten G's. Yep. Yep. Uh, Hideki Matsuyama, I think, is interesting at plus four thousand. I think we could see Hideki maybe open some eyes. I, I, I like him a little bit. Uh, Rory's locked in. I think he deserves to be the favorite. It feels like he's on the cusp of getting getting another major here soon. It, it's tough to bet against him. It's tough to not like him. Um, so I might even add him at plus 1,100, you know? Connor, you liking anyone? You know, I feel like there was a time where John Rahm was considered a recent time where John Rahm was considered to be pretty substantially the best golfer in the world. I think he he rises back to glory this weekend. I like John Rahm to get back on top. Wow. I love it, Connor. I we don't agree often, but fuck it, I love it. That means a lot, man. You're welcome. Yep. So, I'll my three outrights are going to be Rory, Colin, and and Mr. Matsuyama. 
Uh, I bet on Rom, I think, in every major, and he's let me down a lot this year. So I'm gonna, I'm not, I'm gonna sit him out this time. But I'm gonna wish you guys the best. John, will you have any plays on where'd you get your diploma? Yeah, what are his odds to win? Uh, and what are his odds to top the, ten? Because I, I would be really interested in a top ten bet on him. Homa is forty to one. He has the same odds as Dustin Johnson. Wow, nice. If you're betting on Dustin Johnson this week, you're a loser. Yeah, I'm actually going to be pissed if I find out anyone is. <laughs> I'm not. Uh, I actually, in fact, I saw a $400 bet on Phil Mickelson came in today. That's uh, what are his odds? At 20,000, 200 to 1, a $400 bet would pay out 80, would win you 80K. He is the defending champ. Just saying. Fuck that, dude. <laughs> All I've right. I've seen a lot of buzz about a long shot by the name of Seamus Power, Chad. <laughs> what do you know about him? I don't know much about Seamus. Uh, maybe he's, you know, related to Connor here, uh, a wrestler that's part of the He was power top blitz. 10 at the PGA. Really? Yeah. He's top 10 on tour for greens and regulation. He's 101 plus 10,000 odds. He's a top 50 player in the world, in fact. Do we love him? I might be a big Seamus power guy this week, dude. I'm kind of in. No real weaknesses. Hits a ton of greens. Ninth on tour. Out of the Emerald Isle. Seamus Power. Talk to me about it, Chad. Let's look into it right now. Connor, look into Seamus. Do the, do the action golf guys throw something in the slack? Uh, let's... No, not... Uh, you know what? We They do like Seamus. We got to... There's uh, one guy we collab with from the tour. Uh, his name's Ben Eberl. He is Irish, or uh, so he loves Seamus. Uh, people like Seamus. He's good. It just sounds like he's not there yet. Not quite there yet. He's not the prettiest looking dude I've ever seen. I'm intrigued. I'm really intrigued by Seamus' power. Could be good. It seems like, I mean, that's pretty, I mean, the, the greens and regulation stats pretty, pretty significant. And he just performed well on the, on the most recent major, too. He's playing good golf. You know what? We, we haven't heard from Scotty Scheffler in a while, either. Keep an eye out for him as well. It hasn't been that long. He won the Masters. Yeah, but. It was in April. Feels like forever ago. <laughs> yeah, what have you, what have you done for me lately? It does feel like quite a while ago. It does. All right, and with that, from Connor and John, I'm Sunscreen. We appreciate you coming to listen. Good night. Thank you for listening. Production by AJ Bradbury.